Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Embody Your Soul podcast. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as a modern medium. And the mission of this podcast is to create a sacred space for us all so we can tap in and discover how we can connect to our divine self, embody our soul through spiritual connections and best practices. If you are new here, thank you so much for finding me. And if you are a regular listener, thank you so much for supporting me. If you haven't already, follow the podcast wherever you love to listen, leave a review, share episodes, share the whole podcast, and follow me on Instagram at the modern medium underscore. Also, I am starting to write on my sub stack, which I'm really, really excited about because I love to write and why the heck not? I have wisdom to share. And I have a newsletter that comes out with, again, my sub stacks, my podcast episodes, lessons, daily musings, updates about my business, sign up. And another announcement, I have updated some of my prices on some of my services and I just lowered them a tad. So check out my psychic medium, wow, psychic mediumship readings, Reiki, soul path sessions, and my mentorships. And I think that's about it. I'm really happy to be here. I, um, if you have not seen my face, I have bangs now, you guys. So cute. I'm really, really into it. Um, I don't know why I've been sleeping on this, but I have curly bangs and I'm so here for it. New hair, new me. And I am very, very excited about this guest. She is a psychic medium I've been following for quite some time. She is someone I learn from constantly. I save and share her information. I love that she now is also someone in my circle, like a sister on the mission. And it was just such a blessing to connect with Rory Wacom. Rory Wacom is a certified medium and master teacher through the Trilogy Institute at Lilydale, New York, and the author of 11 Lessons from My Dead Dad. Based out of Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, Rory runs the Medium School, an online mediumship and intuitive development school, and the school's philosophy is centered on the idea that we are all innately capable of mediumship and connecting to our intuition. After the sudden loss of her father, Rory was thrusted into the world of spiritual communication, getting in touch with her gifts, and she knows that if she was able to unblock her intuitive connection, connection, blah, anyone can. Yes, 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 literally all the yes, and so aligns with my values, and again, a medium I so, so deeply connect with. I... I'm really excited because this episode really talks about the signs that you may be receiving from spirit, but you might be missing and putting off. So we really tap into the subtleties of that and how to open your energy. We also talk about building awareness with your intuition and spirit. We then get into Rory's spiritual awakening. We get into the powerful must of honoring baby steps and small instances. We also get into practices to sustain contact and connection with spirit, soul, source, energy, and your intuition. And we also move through discussion on limiting beliefs on your intuitive abilities. So this is such a powerful episode if, again, you are developing your mediumship abilities, your intuitive abilities in any way, and you've been doubting yourself, and Roy seriously explains everything so amazingly. She is so articulate, and you can, obviously, she's a pro, because it's just all in the way she guides you through this conversation. I adore her. I am so, so excited to have her in the circle. And if you guys are looking to work with her and join the Medium School, seriously go to themediumschool.com and that's where you can discover all kinds of courses that Rory has available. I also believe she has weekly or monthly um, mediumship development circles, which are really, really great. She has them at all levels and you could also work with her one-on-one. And of course, she has her book, 11 Lessons for My Dead Dad, which I will put in the show notes for you to purchase if you would like. And again, 
I am so, so grateful for you all. Thank you so much. I'm really, really excited about this episode. Please don't be shy. Message me, message her. Let us know how this resonates and let's get into it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Rory. I've been following her for quite some time. I learned so much from her. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet a really beautiful, grounded, well-rounded medium. So thank you. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So as we know, the name of this podcast is Embody Your Soul. So I always start off the conversation with this big, juicy question. Rory, in your own interpretation, what does it mean to you to embody your soul? I mean, I think we could talk all day about that. But for me, you know, I think it's it's embodying who you truly are, letting go of the ego, letting go of the human side, or at least knowing what that side is so that it doesn't get in the way to do what you came here to do. It doesn't get in the way of being who you came here to be. And I, I think that idea of embodying the soul, it's embodying the true essence of who you are outside of this body, outside of this life. Mm. Amen. Seriously, authenticity is it. Okay, so something that I am really eager to talk about with Rory and share with you guys because so many clients, I believe, come to both of us with, they're so tapped in, they're so intuitive, but they're receiving all these signs everywhere or they don't even actually realize like what is happening. And until we enlighten them, they're like, oh my God, that's what that was. And that was actually a lot of my experience too. <laughs> so Rory, I'd love to dive into what are some of these little signs or these little messages that we receive that, that we could easily ignore or tend to be easily ignored? I, I think there were a million of them. And you know what? I'll, I'll share sort of the, the first one that came up for my journey first because I'm doing this work because my dad passed away and I had all of the reasons in the world to connect without really believing if I could, believing it was possible. I had finally had a reason to try and open up. And, you know, I, I had a bunch of signs pop up in my day-to-day -day life, but it wasn't until I recognized sort of that feeling of him being present that it, it sort of clicked for me. And it wasn't as if I would see him, you know, full out standing in the, in the room with me all the time, right? It was just that recognition of it felt like he was in the room with me the same as if he was still here physically. And it wasn't based on seeing him physically or feeling him physically. It was more of that, that sensing of his presence. And it, you know, sometimes it would feel like there was a hand on my shoulder and it would be just as subtle as that. Sometimes it would feel like there was a subtle, you know, hand holding my hand and it would just be as subtle as that. It wouldn't be, you know, 20 things all at once necessarily, just this one small sensing. And when it first happened and I would just, you know, notice it and keep going on about my day, it didn't seem important at all. But the more it came up, the more I paid attention to it, the more I could recognize that this really feels like my dad. And I, I think for a lot of people, it's that ability to recognize those subtle senses, whether it's a subtle feeling of the presence like that, whether it's a smell of their perfume or cologne out of nowhere, whether it's that song that you are, you know, so connected to them that shows up where you go grocery shopping or at the wedding you go to or wherever you go, right? It's those little subtle, what feel like coincidences that when we start to bring our attention to them, we start to recognize that spirit is divinely sending us these awarenesses. And so, you know, for me, like I said, that that sensing of his presence was a big, big one. I think for a lot of people that's quite common, but it's so easy to just write off as coincidence, right? I know my mom, she would often talk about, you know, she'd sit on the bed to, to put her socks on or get dressed in the morning and she'd feel like dad was just sitting right there beside her right? And it's just so subtle that if we're busy and doing other things, we're not going to, you know, notice it or, or realize the significance of it. Yes. No, I love that you really kept emphasizing and repeating about like the subtle feeling of it and just even 
I feel like he's here and you don't have to see or like have these crazy apparitions because I think that's where even I can resonate to in some in some parts of my journey where I was like, I'm not going to the grocery store and seeing all these spirits walk around or like I'm not being woken up at 3 a.m. all the time. Like, you know, and it's so it's yeah, it's so, so easy to write them off. And maybe and I feel like the answers is obvious, but maybe just if you could like draw them out a little bit more for our listeners. Um, besides, of course, one of the reasons being super busy and kind of, you know, not really, I don't know, concentrated focus, like what could be some other reasons why people would write those off or they would tell themselves like, oh, no, 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 that that can't be spirit. Well, I think it's mostly the expectation that it should be so much bigger than it is. Right. And it's not to say that we can't get these big, huge, obvious signs, but the subtle day to day signs are so much more common. And I think that expectation that it should be something hit you in the face, knock you over for you to be able to believe it is a sign from spirit stops so many of us from recognizing it. And I was the same. Right. When I would feel my dad's presence, it would at times it would be so real. It would feel like, yeah, like that. I know that's him. I, you know, beyond a doubt, I feel it. And then the next moment, my ego mind would come in and say, well, you know, you, you could just be making that up. You want him to be here. All of that. Right. And I, I think sort of accepting that they don't have to be these big signs, opening yourself up to that they can be these little signs, because the more you do that, the more you recognize that it's even possible that it was guided from spirit, the more you're going to get those subtle signs and the more you're going to open yourself up to recognize and even sort of have the energy to create those bigger phenomena with spirit. And I think for so many of us, that idea that it needs to be so big stops us from getting those big, obvious, you know, spirit moments because we're not recognizing the tiny stepping stones, those subtle moments in between. And I think for so many people, you don't have to 100% believe that it's spirit. You need to be open. You need to be open to the idea that it can be them. And I know for me, when I'd feel my dad's presence around and then my mind would start coming in and doubting it, it wasn't as if I had 100% certainty. But the more I just stayed open to, okay, I think that's my dad. I'm ready to sense him more. You know, I see that. Thank you. You know, giving thanks for every time I would sense his presence or see a sign. The more I stayed open to it, the more signs I got, the more sort of bigger signs I would get where it's not just one feeling at a time, where all of a sudden I would feel and see him and hear him and know him and all of those at once. I needed those subtle stepping stones to open up my energy to be able to recognize those big moments or I wouldn't have been able to, to have the energy to do that. Ah. No, I just, I'm loving everything you're saying. It's so, so huge. And even like commenting on that, it's so important because I think when you're a skeptic and this is happening to you, like you think it needs to be really, really big in order for you to believe, but then these little, little things every single day need to happen because even if the big thing happened, you would still be a skeptic. So it's like the steps of you actually opening up little by little, accepting all of those little signs. And then even like the way I like to describe it too is like kind of like mini magic moments. I'm like, oh my God, I saw a 111 on a license plate. Uh, there was a woman that walked in the bookstore and she had rainbows all over her shirt. It's like these little, little things. And also like 99.9% .9 of our existence are these teeny day-to-day -day moments. Like it's almost... I don't even know if this makes sense, but it like makes sense in my head. Like we have holidays every few days of the year. And I think that's kind of how it kind of works. Like we, like we literally purposely make space for these holidays. And I think that's what happens when like these big signs come or these big things come because like our con our, you know, subconscious, whatever it is, is like making space for like these big things to happen. Absolutely. And I, I think what you said, that idea that if we are skeptical, that we can't just have a big moment or we wouldn't believe it is so, so true. Right. And I think that idea of recognizing those subtle sensings, whatever it is, whether it's a number, right, whether it's a feeling, whatever that subtle sign is, yes, it helps open up our mind to be able to recognize, you know, any kind of spirit communication, but I think it also opens up our energy. 
And I think that's a, a piece that is really important to this puzzle that a lot of the times when we want to connect with somebody who's passed, we're feeling a heck of a lot of grief. And sometimes that emotional energy, you know, it is it is heavy to carry no matter what, but sometimes that heaviness of it can create a barrier to us receiving that communication. And it's not as if spirit can't show up or can't give us signs. It's more that we are unable to sort of have the energy to recognize them. And I think sometimes, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to suggest that you can't be in grief to connect with spirit, but I do want to sort of um, recognize that it can make it harder because there is such a heavy emotion. And I think sometimes when we can just recognize the teeny, teeny little moments where that could be their presence, the more we sort of open up that energetic space for whatever spirit can show up with, all of a sudden we've got more energy to start recognizing it in our lives bit by bit. And with grief, some days that's easier and some days and months and weeks that's harder and that's okay, right? I love it. Yeah. And then even recognizing, so I know you said this even earlier and I'm like hearing even more and more like the word could, like it could be. And like, I just, I just think that's so, so important for the listeners. And this is so beautiful. And you know what? Daddy-O is so important. So I would love to go through the journey of before your father passed away, like, were you already receiving signs from spirit? Did you already have an inkling or were you just like, oh yeah, like that's cool. This exists. And like, did you believe that this could be a part of your life? So when he was first diagnosed and he he passed within two months, so it was a very quick journey of his his being diagnosed and passing, I would say I was a complete non-believer in almost all of this. I think somebody grew up, I grew up quite religious and sort of, you know, in my adulthood found myself in quite a, a skeptical, non-believing place. Um, and, you know, it really took his passing for me to recognize that, oh, there is more than this life. And to be honest, it was in the moment of his passing where I knew he was gone before, you know, my mom, who was a registered nurse her whole life, before she could recognize it, I knew he was gone because I saw his soul leave his body. And it didn't leave. It didn't go away. Right. It was still there in the room with us, but not limited to one body anymore. And there was a lot of shock in that moment. It wasn't something I processed right away or even talked about with my husband. You know, it wasn't something that that I don't I, I couldn't even understand in the moment. But it put me on that journey of being open to there has to be more than just this life. And as I started to sort of open up my mind, open up my energy to the possibility of it being so, I started remembering all the times that I had felt spirit when I was a child and when I was a teenager and I had closed it off because no one else was talking about it. No one else could acknowledge the spirit there or even see them necessarily. So I, you know, I thought I was making it up. I thought I was crazy as a teenager. I thought it was, you know, because of the medications I was on. When I first started opening up again, I was reminded of all the connections I had previously had but closed off to. And I know that is an incredibly common experience that a lot of people coming into mediumship will feel, well, I'm I'm called to this. I feel like there's, you know, something pulling me in, but I don't know if I have the abilities. And then they start developing and remember they've always been there. And for me, you know, that idea of sensing his presence around, it really took a moment of connecting to someone else's father where it gave me that confirmation beyond a doubt that I wasn't making it up. And so, you know, I think it was about a year of sort of recognizing those subtle pref uh, subtle signs of his presence, sort of being open to the idea that it was him because, you know, when I could recognize it, it really felt like my dad. It really felt like him here supporting me just like he would when he was in the physical. And it, you know, it took about a year until I was in a yoga class and the person beside me, I kept being pulled to during meditation, didn't realize why, but I kept feeling an energy that was like my dad, but wasn't my dad. And so when I turned to her, you know, I did what I suggest no mediums do and just said, hey, is your dad passed without asking permission or anything like that, right? I didn't, I didn't have great boundaries with spirit then. Um, 
And she confirmed that was indeed her dad, you know, always with her, you know, feels him around all the time. It was one of those moments where it proved that being open to the idea that it could be my dad, if I'm sensing her dad, if that is me able to pick up on his subtle energy, then beyond a doubt, I am picking up on my dad's subtle energy. And I I think for me, it was sort of this this step-by-step opening up to the possibility of communication and bit by bit being proved that that communication was real in little instances, right? And I, I think if it was one big thing all at once and nothing else, it would have been even harder to believe, right? Yes, my ego would have wanted that. Yes, I might have said, Dad, yes, I might have said, Dad, I really need you to be here. I need you to see, you know, I need to see you, feel you, hear you. I need everything all at once to trust that you are still here. If I got that without those little moments, I wouldn't have believed it. And, uh, you know, it for me, it was, I know it's cliche to sound, it was, I know it's cliche to say it, it was life changing to connect with him, but it was, it is, it has changed every single part of my life. And that idea that there is so much more to life than this body, than what we experience in these bodies, there is so much more to our journey For me, that's why I teach mediumship, because if I came from a place of not believing, not being connected to my abilities at all, to a place where I can connect with my own past loved ones and support other people to do that, who am I to say that no one else can't learn that, right? I am not gifted at all, right? I'm I'm a believer that maybe not everybody else will have the ability to do readings for other people, but we all have the ability to connect with spirit within us because we all have spirit within us, right? That piece of my dad that I saw leave his body that is greater than a piece of him, his true essence, that's what we're connecting with when we do mediumship readings. That's what we're connecting with when we get signs from them. That is within our bodies when we're living here in the physical. And the idea that only some have the ability to connect with that energy to me makes no sense because that energy is within all of us. And when we can sort of connect with it more, when we can let go of the ego and the doubts and all of that as much as possible, some pretty magical things can happen. Yes. Amen. Also, yeah, dying about I disaster. Don't do this. <laughs> but I... I just, I just love what you're saying so, so much. And I feel like this segues really, really perfectly into the topic of developing your ability. And I think something that I, I believe all, I would say like you and I can really resonate on this is like, yeah, you don't have to be a medium per se to have the, you know, to have the openness to connect with spirit. But I'd love to hear from you what, like, what are the benefits of simply opening yourself up to spirit, even if like you don't know if you want to be a medium or not? Yeah. I would say one of the biggest pieces is getting greater perspective. I know for me, you know, one thing that that connecting with my dad helped me with so, so much is to put my own experiences in this life in real perspective. You know, I'm somebody who's lived in chronic pain for as long as I can remember, right? And around the time around the time my dad passed, even after his passing, it was about as worse as it had ever been. And if it wasn't for connecting with him and understanding that there was more to life than this body, than what we're told we need to do to work hard, you know, to retire, all these, you know, physical goalposts that we're told are so important for this life. It gave me the perspective to say, hey, I don't need to work my life away for a career that's making me sicker and sicker because that's not what I came here for. I didn't come here for capitalism. I didn't come here to work and be sick and not enjoy this experience. And it's not as if connecting with my dad has made me not have any pain. My health is a million times better because of his guidance. But when I am in pain, when that chronic pain is still there, there is that perspective to say, I came here for a reason. My soul came here because it is fun. It is expansive. There is so much to grow from and learn from. And while some of that stuff can really suck while we're in it, 
you know, pain, grief. There is so much suffering that can feel so real in this world, but it doesn't exist when we leave these bodies. And that perspective of, you know, I've lived every day of my life in pain, but there is more to my existence than this life truly made it bearable. And not just bearable, it made me be able to see all the things I could do to make it better. And it made me see all of the reasons my soul may have put this in place to help me get to where I want to go. And I think that's, you know, for so many people, when they connect with their past loved ones, their spirit guides, however you want to do mediumship, right? Whatever beings on the other side you want to connect with, it can give you so much more perspective than your ego can allow to see a greater purpose, to see a greater meaning, to see greater opportunities to enjoy this life, despite all of the thing, all of the reasons that give us not to enjoy it here. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that, um, you know, with like pain and chronic physical pain too, because that's what I find so fascinating when I started really, again, like establishing myself, like I'm a psychic medium and then connecting with other practitioners. It is wild how that is such like a frequent pattern, like how many beautiful practitioners really suffer with like chronic pain or whatever. And like what you were just saying is one so like, of course, so, so powerful and even powerful for me to remember, but also powerful for li for listeners who may be experiencing that chronic illness. And actually like, that's just such a beautiful, I don't even know if I'm making sense. I'm like, that was just so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so I want to get deeper into, so developing these gifts. So like, what are some of your favorite ways, your tried and true ways where you realize eventually, okay, I am able to connect with my dad, the other side, something so much greater than this body. How did you kind of begin that process? Yeah. So for me, one of the biggest pieces was meditation. And, you know, I think in so many spiritual practices, it is always recommended. And I think so many people have hesitation, resistance to meditating, right? And that's because our view of meditation, it should be blissful. It should be peaceful. We should sit down and reach nirvana and it's wonderful, right? And yes, meditation can be that, but the expectation that you're just going to sit down and get there is what stops us from actually meditating for so many people right? And why it is helpful. Like you mentioned, so many people in the spirituality realm have a lot of, of health issues, have a lot of sensitivities, I think, too, right? And whether you consider yourself in the world of spirituality yet or not, I think so many of us have closed off a lot of our sensitivities, a lot of our awarenesses to be able to exist in this world, right? Just, you know, for instance, somebody who can watch the news every day, right? When we, when, when I know I've really opened up my sensitivities, it is heartbreaking to sit and watch the news for even a moment, right? Not that I want to, to tune out and not be aware of what's going on, but it is so hard to feel that energy, right? And I think a good part of opening up to mediumship abilities is opening up to your sensitivities. And meditation is helpful with that because it helps you be an observer of your experience. And I think that's the piece of the meditation practice where it's not just instantly sitting down and going to nirvana. Amazing if you can sit down and do that on your first try. But for almost everyone else, it is that practice of sitting down and trying to focus on a guided meditation or trying to focus on music or trying to focus on a mantra or affirmation and then your mind wanders right? And it's that observing of, oh, my mind's wandering. I can be an observer of what's happening in my experience and redirect it to where I want to go. And I think certainly the more you meditate, the more sensitive you are to your own human experience, to your own ego, to your own mind. And that is incredibly helpful for somebody, you know, who wants to be a medium and do readings for somebody else. That ability to know when your mind is creeping in and to catch it and bring it back to your point of focus so that you can remain present with spirit, right? Even if you want to connect with, with past loved ones for yourself, 
that ability to recognize when your own mind is stepping in is incredibly valuable. And, you know, that is something I think you want to go in without any expectations of what it should look like, how long I'm able to keep in meditation without my mind wandering. Because to me, the growth comes from noticing every time your mind wanders and bringing it back. So if you do a 20-minute meditation and your mind wanders 100 times, that is 100 pieces of practice of renewing your awareness on where you want it to be. Incredibly valuable. And to me, I would say short amounts of meditation as regularly as possible, you know, daily if you can, regularly either way, is so much more valuable than half an hour or an hour once a month or once a season, right? It's that regular practice where you are are dedicated to noticing when your awareness moves, bringing it back. It's that practice where the growth really comes. So meditation, I think, is an important piece for anyone. Specifically for mediumship development, this isn't something that I learned right away when I was developing, but has been an incredible piece of my practice now. And it's something I teach in almost every one of my courses is sitting in the power, right? And it is, it is incredible because of its simplicity. It is the practicing of connecting to your soul's energy, letting that energy grow bigger than the physical, not getting rid of the physical, not releasing the physical, not ignoring or, or, or letting it go, but letting the non-physical energy grow even bigger, sitting in that energy and then inviting in the energy of the spirit world, sitting in that energy, right? And I, I, you know, there are tons of different ways you can do sitting in the power. I do have one on my, my YouTube if people are interested to listen to. Um, but to me, it is the practice that has enabled me to grow my spiritual energy enough so that I can maintain a connection with spirit as long as is needed. And I think that is such an important piece to growing this practice because when you want to go from getting small, little awarenesses to sustaining contact with spirit, your energy dictates how much you can do that. And if you're calling on your physical energy, you are going to be exhausted, you are going to be depleted, and it is not going to work. You want to be able to connect with that non-physical energy, the energy of your soul, the energy of that past loved one, you know, that you have within you, the same kind of energy, connecting with that. And as you sit in the power regularly, as you practice charging up those batteries for that non-physical soul energy, you aren't depleted when you're connecting with spirit. You are exhilarated. You feel as close as to what we can feel, what it feels like to be in the spirit world as we can here, right? That exhilarating, utopic energy that is just as beautiful as we would want the afterlife to be. And, you know, it, it sitting in the power is a kind of meditation, but really if you want to connect and go deeper with your mediumship skills, it would be my number one recommendation of something to do regularly. The other piece that is, again, quite simple, but I think can be very, very valuable is just getting in touch with your sensitivities. And I know I talked about meditation, you know, helping you sort of be that observer of your ego, but I I also think sort of being that observer of your physical senses can really help you open up to your intuitive senses. And it goes the other way. You know, the more I connected with my intuitive senses, the stronger my physical senses have become, right? I'm a better cook. I'm a better taster. I'm a better smeller. All of these things, right? So it goes to reason that if you're working on being more observant, with your physical senses, that it can also help you open up to the non-physical senses and what you're already receiving with those. And it can be as simple as when you drive to work, every red light that you hit, not, not closing your eyes, but taking a moment and just tuning in, what do you actually see in this moment? We are observing the world through our physical senses all the time, but how much are we actually observing? How much are we actually taking in? Right. So if you can take a moment to just tune in and notice, what am I actually seeing here? What are the most dominant colors? What are the most dominant shapes? What am I actually feeling here? Can I feel the the air from the car coming in? Can I feel the air from the window? Can I feel my clothes against my skin? Right. The chair underneath my my body. Right. Tuning into what you're feeling 
tuning into what you're hearing and noticing not just what's obvious in your hearing, but the furthest sound you can hear, the closest sound you can hear, right? Tuning into those little physical senses. Perhaps it's not when you're stopping at a red light, but when you're eating a meal and just being mindful and tasting. Can I taste the acidic note here? Can I taste sort of the the sweet or savory or, you know, umami note here? What is the strongest taste, right? Same with scent. It feels a little silly. It feels a little primary. But like I said, so many of us close off our sensitivities in this world and we don't even realize it. You know, that is something I am still working on in my career is opening up all of those little sensitivities that I've closed myself off to. Right. And I think just having little mindful moments where you tune into your physical senses and just notice what you're picking up on, it goes right into sort of your intuitive senses that there is so much that you're already picking up on, but don't even realize. And if you can practice realizing those with your physical senses, starting to observe them and recognize them with your non physical, your intuitive senses will become second nature without you even realizing it. Obviously, agree with all of those sitting in the power. Amen. I especially love that you even brought up being attuned to your sensitivities because I feel like even now, more we. It's interesting because I want to say maybe that felt like so, like maybe pre COVID because I feel like that used to be the norm of tuning out our sensitivities. And I feel we still live in a world where we do we are so used to being desensitized but i feel like now more than ever we're actually now stepping up and really being attuned to our sensitivities and even what you're saying with like our own body i mean that's something i talk about all the time like our body is the vessel like our body is the physical vessel like we need to be able to be attuned to it and feel into it and be connected to it in order to connect with spirit and our soul. And I would love to learn what has been something you did not expect when it came to teaching others to develop their gifts. Hmm. (laughs) I I guess, you know, that my answer to that would be is that I I expected that a lot of people would struggle more than they do. And not in a way where it's like, oh, I'm going to teach this. You know, this is going to be hard for them. But I, I think with a lot of us, we feel like it needs to be, you know, this, this big awareness that happens and all of a sudden we're a medium. And, you know, the more I've taught people, the more I realize it's sort of like a, an unfolding of the abilities that already are there right? And it's not this one big experience, this one thing that'll happen that all of a sudden now I'm a medium, right? It's more of this unfolding, letting go of things, right? Where it's like, oh, I've always been a medium and now I understand it. Now I can use it, right? And I I think that perspective change of thinking, you know, that, you know, if people are really called to develop it, but they haven't really harnessed those abilities before, that it's going to be a long journey to really get there. And, you know, I won't say that it's it's always quick and, you know, it happens overnight. That wasn't the case for me, right? But I, I think with a lot of students, it is this, this slow progression where it's like it's not just one moment of now all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a medium. It's, you know, one step after the other. And then you can look back and be like, oh, I was a medium that entire time, right? And that that idea that it doesn't need to be hard, it doesn't need to be complicated, Sometimes we just need to show up and get out of the way and our abilities are already there to connect, right? And then sometimes we need to learn to re-get out of our way again later, but. (laughs) Oh boy. No, I love what you said about it's not, it doesn't have to be so complicated and it's so much more simple than we think. And do you think, um, do you think it's maybe our own beliefs that like it is that complicated or do you think it's also a mixture of like maybe kind of societies or like other like other practitioners like media whatnot 
I, I think it's a, a good combination of the limiting beliefs that exist here, right? I think a lot of religious beliefs is when, when somebody passes over, right? If if they go to heaven, that is so far away from us here, right? And in my experience, I don't use the word heaven simply because I think, you know, the, the spirit world, as I like to refer, is heavenly. It is beautiful. It is exactly what we'd want it to be, if not better, but it is not so far away, up away from us here, right? It is sort of this existence that isn't pinned down to one time and place. And so our past loved ones can be with, with you. They can be with your family. They can be everywhere all at once, but be in this beautiful, wonderful energy, right? And I, I think that idea of Believing that they are far away from us stops a lot of people from wanting to communicate with them. I think to our own beliefs that, you know, I know I've heard a lot that a lot of mediums, psychics, intuitives will say, I'm gifted, right? I'm gifted. You know, I have the gift to do this. So come to me. I'm going to help you, right? And, and, and no hate to them at all. But I do think that disempowers a lot of people from feeling like, well, I'm not gifted, right? If I was, I would know it. I would have been connecting with spirit since a child. I would have never closed off, right? If I had that gift, then I would know it. And to me, that that limiting belief that only some people are gifted with it is hogwash. It is nonsense, right? We all have it within us. But believing that can absolutely sort of make it harder for us to connect. And I, I think whether it's religious beliefs, whatever kind of that limiting belief is, those are sort of the biggest piece to breaking through to our abilities for sure. Looking at those, examining them, releasing them. Mm, no, and I love what you said about us believing or us, yeah, people believing that they're so far away. And it's so funny because they're literally like, get closer. They're everywhere, right? So they are right here, but they're also everywhere. Yeah. I know they're in France. They're here. Like it's absolutely amazing. And I would love to hear from your, you know, your perspective and your insight. If say someone doesn't have a loved one that is crossed over and that, you know, is like yourself and like so many mediums or so many practitioners, that's kind of like their motivation or the catalyst for connecting and say someone's like, well, I don't know who to connect with, like, or, you know, how to even do this if I don't have someone in particular, how could they maybe begin opening themselves up to that? Yeah. I, I, like you said, there are a lot of mediums that have someone close to them that have passed and that's sort of the motivation, right? But there are a lot of mediums who haven't had that and they're still great mediums, right? And I think we all have different journeys on this path towards this path, right? Where it can be the death of a past loved one. I know a lot of people have opened up to their abilities because they lost the job they thought would have forever and were so lost and were looking for answers, right? Or they were struggling with health issues and were looking for answers, right? And, you know, maybe one of those struggles doesn't resonate with, you know, those who are listening, but it can also just be an, a, a, a need to connect with something greater. And I know for a lot of people, you know, connecting with your spirit guides is just as powerful as connecting with past loved ones. And I believe our past loved ones can be our spirit guides, but we have other spirit guides too that we wouldn't recognize as being connected to us, right? And that's mediumship. Connecting with any energies outside of this physical realm is mediumship, right? And you don't have to know who your spirit guides are to start connecting with them, Often just that intention of, I'm ready to start knowing who you are, right? You can ask them for signs. I will often use the term spirit team because there is a team with each and every one of us. And that's a great way to refer to them, start talking to them, asking for signs of their presence. And I, I think for a lot of people too, there are ancestors in the spirit world that they haven't met in this life, but are still an important connection. And I know for me, you know, one of the, the biggest spirit guides for me besides my dad is my dad's dad, who I never met in this life. He passed when my dad was a child, yet I'd always just sort of sensed his presence around, at least when I was open to that when I was younger, right? Then when I closed it off, not as much. When I opened it up again, yes, he came through again, right? But he was one of those energies that I just always felt this kinship with, kinship with. I always felt this support. 
Um, but I never, I've never met him in this physical life. I've met him in the non-physical. And I think that idea that you have to have someone on the other side that you know in this life, yes, while that's true for some, yes, that is the motivation for some, it is not true for everyone. And there are a bunch of beautiful, supportive beings on the other side for each and every one of us, no matter what. Yes, absolutely. I, of course, resonate so, so much with that. And I would even love to learn. I was like, I just came up with this question now and I'm so curious because like, you know, we're both like we're both practitioners and I feel like I have like 50 revelations and seven meltdowns like a month. And I would love to learn what what have you maybe learned this past year or like maybe added to your practice as a psychic medium? So one thing that has been really, really powerful for me this year is just using my imagination. And, you know, it's one of those things when we first start developing our abilities, so many people get stuck up on, is that in my imagination, right? How can I tell the difference between my imagination and my intuition? And I'm such a believer with both our intuition and our imagination, we're receiving, right? We aren't making things up. We can't imagine something unless it exists somewhere in our quantum universe, right? So when we want to sort of connect and use our intuition, not our imagination, right? Getting to that higher vibration so that we know we're connected to something greater than ourselves is how we can tell the difference. Yet our imagination is incredibly helpful for us here, right? And to me, that ability to imagine the best case scenarios in every piece of my life. It feels silly. You know, when I first started doing it, it, you know, not to say I didn't do it before this year, but I started doing it regularly this year. It feels a little silly when I get in my head and think like, oh, you're just hoping and wishing. And then when I sit in the power and connect with my highest self, there's that reminder that we are such creators in this life and we don't even see it or feel it. Even if we're familiar with that idea, it's so hard for us to recognize. And we can get so caught up on things that we think will happen or things that we think should happen or worried about things that'll happen that we don't spend any time thinking about what we want to happen, what we want to see in the world. And for me, that is the majority of my spiritual practice right now, in addition to sitting in the power, is envisioning the best case scenario for myself, for my loved ones, for my husband, for my pets, for the world. And I think especially when we start opening up to our sensitivities, when we start unblocking all the things we had to block in to live in this physical world, to be a more spiritual being grounded, embodied in this physical world, we need to be able to connect to what we want to see in this world because there are so many things that we will see that that is not what I want to experience. That is painful. That is hurtful. You know, there's wars going on, all of this stuff in the world. That is so hard to look at. And I think it's important that if we look at it, we can also look at ways that we want to see it change. Not needing to know how, not needing to know when, not needing to know the ways that it will happen, but putting our energy into the what ifs. What do I want to see? Because that's how we create the change. We don't need to know how. But I'm, you know, I am such a believer that so many of us are here right now to make this shift in this world, to make this shift where we don't need this suffering anymore. I think that, you know, in our, in our, I'll get a little philosophical here, but I, I think in our, our existence in this humanly world, there has been a need for suffering because it has prompted so much growth and expansion, which is why we created the suffering here. We wouldn't have otherwise if it wasn't beneficial. I think we're at this important point in life where we are moving to a place where that suffering is no longer beneficial, that as each and everyone connect to that divine energy, our soul energy within us, that we can create that growth and expansion that we want without the suffering. And the more we can envision that happening without, again, needing to know how or when, just seeing it and feeling it, the more we move towards that. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love what you said. And it's so, it's just so timely and relevant for me because 
I remember a friend of mine sent a reel about like, I think, yes, I think she does EMFT tapping and she mentioned something like that. And then I saw your reel that you said, I think it was yesterday. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this has been super relevant. And then even I, I'm listening to like a million podcasts at a time. And I was listening to Jay Shetty's episode with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, damn, this guy's clairvoyant because he was like, I had a vision. I had a vision and he acted on it and he had multiple visions of his future. And I'm like, this is it. This is truly it. Like us actually feeling into the what if of the best case scenario. And even, and I love that you're saying this to me. It's like so divine. Cause I know I'm at this point where I have to get there in like the next three months of like the best case scenario of it all working out. So I love that you said that. Me just getting so excited. And like Roy, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so excited we finally connected. It's about time. And I would love for you to share with the listeners how they can work with you because you have so many beautiful ways. Yeah. So I run the medium school. I offer lots of training courses online for mediumship, psychic development, intuitive development. Um, so that's the mediumschool.com. I also have a book for those who want a step-by-step process to connect with their past loved ones. It's called 11 Lessons from My Dead Dad, How I Learned to Communicate with My Past Loved Ones and How You Can Too. And it's available worldwide on Amazon. And then you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at, at The Medium School. Yay. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Thank you so much. This was such like smiling ear to ear. This was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yay. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I just adored listening back and Honestly, I was copying and pasting so many quotes and words of wisdom that Rory said to literally save for later and look at and to share on socials. Just an absolute queen. So gorgeous. And I feel like this episode, again, is so uplifting. It's encouraging. And it is just so, so insightful for anyone, again, looking to tap into and feel more connected and more confident to their spiritual abilities. Again, if you haven't already, make sure to give Rory a follow on Instagram at The Medium School. You can also find her online, the same thing, themediumschool.com, where she has all kinds of courses and so many ways to work with her. And she, again, has her book, 11 Lessons from My Dead Dad, which is available, I believe, on Amazon. And I will also put that in the show notes And as for me, make sure to go to my website at themodernmedium.co where you can explore my services and my revised prices. Go to Instagram, themodernmedium underscore, where you can stay up to date with my life, my silliness, reels, juicy, beautiful posts, updates on my business, updates on my life. I think I already said that, but who cares? And follow this podcast wherever you love to listen. Share with anyone who is into, needs, down for the magic. And I am also, again, writing on Substack, meditations, journals, guides, all kinds of things, all kinds of deliciousness. I also just love to write. And this is really a way for me to write, express my creativity, but also to share beautiful wisdom from the spirit world and from life and all that good stuff. Anyways, I love you guys so, so much. Thank you so, so much for supporting the podcast. And I will see you next time.